Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, but when we keep them bottled up, it can start affecting us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and try to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Um, I know I constantly need to vent or bounce ideas off somebody or just be heard. You guys need to check out BetterHelp Therapy is, I think, great for everybody personally. Um, If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash too judgy today, and you can get 10% 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash too judgy. Welcome back to Two Judgy Girls. This is Mary from the Bay. And it's Courtney from LA and you guys, we have been talking about, we are so excited. We're hoping she doesn't clip us and that we can make it nice. Please welcome Dorinda Medley to Two Judgy Girls. Yes, I've forgiven you. I understand. Thank God. I I mean, I I was so nervous. I don't respond much to stuff on Instagram. I try to keep on the down. I see, you know, I'm the scary type. I'm like the shark in the water. I see everything. I just eat rarely. I know. We got, I we like, got oh, a bite. No. I, I was like, I hope she understands. If this was just a joke, it's really because we're like missing you on the show, you know? And so, <laughs> but sure. we're here yeah, to talk yeah. about something else because Tuesday, August 17th, your new book, Make It Nice, is going to be released. Can you like yes. tell us all about that? Like why you decided to write now, what the process was? Well, I think, well, you know, it's, um, Timing is everything. Um, I think in all different ways, you know, good and bad timing is everything. And I think that was, what was so interesting after I was put on pause, the famous pause word um, that Simon Schuster came to me and they, you know, they'd been asked kind of, we've been talking about it, but after that period, when I was back up here, we'd already been back up in, um, I'd been back up in the Berkshire since like March and it just sort of all came together. You know, I, sort of didn't film this year. Plus they said, why don't you take the time to write the book? 
And I was like, you know what? This is a sign. You know, it's really was sort of what when one door closes, another one opens. You know what I mean? And I just thought we're in such a reflective time. I am such a person that's always going, 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 going that I've never sort of, you know, I'm always living in that. I never stop just to sort of enjoy the, what I've done or reflect on what I've done. And I think all of us did a lot of that during COVID as it is. Yeah. So I was up here at Bluestone Manor, which I also found really telling because I'm thinking, God, I've been all over the world. I spent so much of my childhood thinking, how do I get out of this place? Like, I'm not going to be one of these people. And here I was back in the shutdown in the world, it's sort of a shutdown in, in my career at, at uh, Bravo to kind of, on the of Bravo, on Bravo for a, a pause. And I thought, what a great time to just come full circle. Yeah, definitely. And it, you know, and I was also true. I, I, during that time, I started to spend a lot of time again with my parents in a way I hadn't since childhood. You know, I see my parents a lot, but it's always very rushed. Hey, mom. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've got people coming. You know, I'd come up on a Friday morning, go go shopping, see them on a Saturday morning, have a big dinner party on Saturday night where people are saying, get up, have a brunch, say goodbye to my parents, go back to New York. But all of a sudden during COVID, I found myself sort of hanging out with them and getting in my old fashioned routine that I used to know and love that raised me, that made me who I am today. And I just was like, that's right. Like this was my life. You and my mother plays such a center stage in it and always has, but I didn't realize how much of a, you know, what a great foundation she is and how she just provided me with such strong tools to get through life. Like I didn't know I had such great building tools, but she definitely provided them for me. And it's sort of a, a, a sorry, let me turn that up. It's sort of a, sort of an ode to her, you know? Yeah. No, you, you grew up in like such a traditional way. I, I am from San Francisco. I'm Irish Catholic. I'm Mary Catherine Mahoney. So I feel like I was like, wait, I feel like I'm reading about someone I know, um, you know, and I really liked how we went in like chronological order in the book and learned all about your upbringing and um, being Catholic and um, the Sinkalas. Um so we know that your your sister's still still in town, mom and dad. Where are your brothers now? My brother Johnny is in Boston, and my brother Dean is in Potomac. And it's very interesting writing the book. That's also what I realized. It's my mother, you see these families that have this one doesn't talk to that one, or this one's so different, so they don't talk. My mother managed to raise four absolute individuals. We were somehow raised as individuals within a unit, but we moved as a caterpillar, right? Right. And we all to this day, although we're very different and we've taken very different paths, we're all still very close. My mother is the Concord back to youth. The minute you get on that plane, you are Diane Sinkala's children. You do not fight. You do not, not support each other. You do not speak badly to each other. And we follow those rules very, very closely. What, what did she think about like the show, like being on reality TV? My mother's very, I always say my mother's sort of like a rapper in that way. She's always been like, are you making good money? Well then keep it going. (laughs) (laughs) She's that old Italian, you know, she's the old Italian making those, you know, lasagna in the kitchen with a mattress full of money in the back, you know? Yes. I love that. (laughs) I love that. I love what you talked about. You know, as old fashioned as she is, she's kind of gangster in herself. Is that where you, that's where I think you get it from, right? Yeah. My mother, <laughs> my mother is all my one-liners come from my mother. And my mother is one of these people that 
goes to church every day. She truly, there will be no in between between earth and heaven or whatever we go. It's just going to be immediate because she's practically a walking saint. Mm-hmm. But boy, oh boy, don't cross Diane and Gala. Mm, I, I love that. She so, will not do much, but she will never forget. We can go to a grocery store and someone's in a wheelchair. She goes, you see her? Oh, I don't remember what she did. She didn't pay your grandfather 25 years. Ago. <laughs> don't think I've forgotten it. Oh, hello. How you doing? Yes. Oh my God. That, it's I, old I, school. I, it's just old I, school. I love that. I mean, you talked about a lot and you talked about when you were in your first season of New York too, that like you were always mentioning your mom's advice. So what's like the single best thing you, you think she's like ever advised you about or, or kind of one of her sayings? Well, I think, I think one of the most helpful uh, bit of advice she gave me is after Richard passed, I was so devastated. I felt so cheated. I felt, you know, like I said to my mother, you know, I was actually up here. And I was like, I don't get it. You know, I've been a good girl. I did all the rules. I've followed all the sayings. I've never been dishonest. And look at me. I'm, you know, I'm 46 years old. My daughter's in college. My husband's dead. Now what? You know, because you can get like that. And my mother said, you know, let me tell you something during this in college. She said, if Richard Medley came to you eight years ago and said, I am going to be with you for eight years. I am going to love your child as my own. I'm going to, you're going to have a wonderful life with me, but now I need to go. Would you have done it? I said, well, yes. She goes, well, that's what you got. Everything's got a beginning, middle, and an end, and you're not in charge of the timing. Mm -hmm. And my mother, she's got such a beautiful, I think when we grow up ethnic, which I did, they have such a great understanding of birth and death and stuff. It's not that they, it's almost one, like I was looking at my mother's closet the other day. And I, I know what's this day, the Christmas linens, the Easter linens, the, the linens when people died, you know, those can't the linens when they had a baptism, mm-hmm. but there it is all in one closet. And that's life. It's right. a closet filled with good, bad, but you, you pull out the linens when you need to. Right. Right. And my mother's very good about that. She's very good at consoling, but not, but making sure you get on with it. Well, I think that's like about being Catholic, like Mm -hmm. being Catholic is such an integral part of your life. And, um, you know, they celebrate death and like, you're, you're coming up to heaven and you're coming to God. And older, you know, I, I definitely still go to church and all that. I don't, I I, I listen, I'm Catholic, but I always be a Catholic, but I'm more spiritual. You know, I think I'm just, I think religion is just something that's a great, some people have yoga, some people have you know, as my mother always said, the Ten Commandments are good for nothing else, but they'll keep you out of jail. And this, you know, yeah, they're the rules. Yeah, you know, and I tend to be a rule-based person anyway. You know, I I, I do well in structure and in rules. I'm not sort of like I get up every morning at the same. It's just who I am. It's not good for everyone, right. but it works for me. I don't do well with a sort of loosey goosey, unstructured life. In fact, when I was downtown in Chelsea the other day, it was really funny because um. This guy, Mel, his name is, he's like Rihanna's stylist. I was, I'm in Chelsea and I'm walking through and he's like, there's the unicorn because I even dressed a certain way that I looked so out of, I got out of the, the Uber and I'm like, what are all these people dressed for? They Does, does no one get dressed for the day? I think that's well, in COVID. No, Dorinda, <laughs> you told you wrote in the book that you used to walk the dogs in your pajamas. In the morning, <laughs> only in the morning, early. Do you think that's from being like when you lived in London? Because you were saying like London and, and New York are just two different lifestyles, right? When you came back yes, from London, you said 
you know, you dressed Hannah up for this birthday party and you expected all the moms to be there. And it was these nannies and a pizza, you know, and a, a I, pizza. I think <laughs> the fact that I lived in London almost 10 years really created a sense of order that I probably wouldn't have had. You know, you just, and I think I was there in some of the most important years. So, you know, I moved there at 26 and left at like 36. Those are hugely formative years for a woman mm-hmm. and being a wife and a mother and homemaker and I learned so many great skills and was exposed to so many great things that I, you know, so by the time I returned to the U.S., I kind of had a little kit of how I envisioned my life. And, it, you know, it kind of works. I, I actually I said to someone, my friend Heather Kirsner, who still lives there, but is now moving back. I said, we were acting, she's been a friend of mine for 27 years. I said, we were acting like old people when we were 26. I mean, I remember I got pregnant with Hannah. And I was like, oh, my God, I went and bought myself. I'll never forget it. I was three months pregnant. I bought myself two Chanel jackets, okay, that were like size 42, which at the time was huge because I was tiny or 40. And I was like, oh, I'll just wear them till the end of my pregnancy because I have to look really great. You know what I mean? What was I thinking? Right, right, right. Wait, how often do you see or talk to Ralph now, your, your first husband? All the time. Yeah. Ralph is part of my family. Yeah. I know, like him, him being with Richard at the end, just pretty epic. Yeah. You know, I think that, I think a mistake people make, people think, you know, divorce is like, if the divorce is death, it's not. I mean, I think that was like season something, wasn't it? But I think divorce is, you know, it just means you're no longer want to cohabitate together and don't have the same life goals, but it doesn't certainly mean you have to, I mean, we shared Hannah. What a great gift that it just, and he's happily married and has been happily married. And I, got happily, was happily married. So I just think it was a good decision. We don't regret it. And we don't regret our time together. I do not regret marrying with Ralph at all because he was, he's a great father. And at that time in my life, he was a perfect choice. Right. Wait now. Okay. When you went abroad with him, you um, got a promise ring. Were you a little upset that it wasn't the engagement ring? No. No, you, you just knew that was going to come. So it was fine. Yeah. Because, you know, I just knew Ralph and I knew we, he sort of back then investment banking and stuff, they didn't give you a lot of time. I think to tell you the truth, I think we got sort of the promise ring or the semi-engagement because he wanted me to come abroad with them. But, you know, Lehman was like on a Monday, we want you to move back then. They used to literally tell you that day, we want you to move to London. And like that following week, you moved to London or Hong Kong or Austria, wherever. Because you got to remember back then, investment banks didn't have offices in Europe and stuff. So they were opening. It's not like now right. where you anywhere in the world you can find an American Express. You know, you got to remember there were no cell phones even back then. Right. It's hard to believe that. Yeah. So he was like, oh, my God, I got to move to I think it was Hong Kong at first. It was Hong Kong. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, do you think you can come? I'm like, well, I don't think I can come unless we get engaged or something. He's like, well, okay, then I guess we'll get engaged. But it wasn't, we were young too. You know, I think I look at, I look at us. God, you, you met him and you were wearing braces. Correct. <laughs> I loved that. I just loved that. I mean, what was that? Who knows what he was even attracted to? But we were both earnest <laughs> and, you know, we wanted the same things. And Ralph wasn't a player either. I think it's also like, like, 
you were young. Like, I, honestly, reading your book, I kept thinking, like, what part? Like, I had to be reminded every time you kept saying, like, I was 25, I was 26, I was 27, because you lived this life of, like, where that is somebody's entire life, right? And you did that within, like, seven years, six yeah. years. You said that you have, like, six but years formative like, period. You know, I, was, I was saying to someone the other day, someone said to me, was Richard, were you only married to Richard for six years? I said, yes. I said, but it was fast and furious. Like, so much of my life, it may have only been six years, but we packed in a lot of fucking life in that six years. <laughs> it sounded like a blast. I mean, I was it reading, was. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're going to the Met Gala. You know, he's taking you to Tao on that first date. That oh, was like the classic, like older Richard man trying fun. to schmooze a, a younger woman, a real estate agent. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? I was a great real estate agent too. Would you ever do that again? Go back into yes, real estate? Yes, in a second. Yes. In a I, second. Listen, I have some spinoff ideas for you if you ever wanted to go back into reality TV. And that's one of them is, you know, real estate with Dorinda. I think that could be yeah. a really good one. I think we could do a Dorobic spinoff. I think, I think, yeah, who knows? Who knows what's going to go on in the future? I, there's oh, we also think you could do um, a Berkshire's. You can invite people to stay at the home for the weekend. <laughs> you could teach them etiquette while they're there, how can to make it imagine nice. imagine if they had a bunch of women come stay at the Berkshire's for like a week? Where I volunteer. I volunteer. <laughs> it's literally, how I mean. that concept be? It would uh, literally, like, I think it might. Well, you know what I love about the Berkshire's? It's sort of a living, breathing character now. It, oh, yeah. it, it was that like the I, eighth housewife at the point, I, you know? It was so funny when I was put on pause, whatever that word is, okay? Pause. Pause. Um, <laughs> I literally had to tell Bluestone Manor. I had to tell Len because Len's such a character. Yes. I had to tell Melinda. It was like a, a, a plethora of people. <laughs> like it wasn't just you. <laughs> no. <laughs> you weren't on pause. Everything I else was on you, pause. But I, but that, when that happened, I can't tell you how many people were like, we're going to miss Len so much. I'm like, Len? What about me? Well, that's that a, that's no a given. Len? I'm like, uh, yeah. Okay. It doesn't feel right not being in the Berserkshires. Like, I feel like that's just, there's have been these iconic trips every season. And, you know, iconic, it's, it's right? it, literally like, I'm like that fish room. I thought it was so, I actually found it really interesting to find out that the fish room was your stepson's room because I don't think that we ever heard that on the show. So of when Len yeah, right. Well, that's what I said. I was like, when, when they were all making fun of it, I was like, I decorated this for my family. For this my is for children. a 12 year old boy. Not about the housewives. Like, this yeah. is my home. Also, okay? I would stay in the fish room in a heartbeat. I was like, I cannot even believe this is an argument. Like, at least she's not being put on the lower level. And by like, the way, it was done entirely by Scully and Scully. So it's not like it was some shit room. Okay. Right. No, it looked like I was like, I don't, I'm not sure what the problem is here. I mean, the, the famous boat people, um, what are they called? There's a famous boat yard. They did our bathroom because he loved this yacht, this yacht, this boat. I got the yacht. Because he loved this <laughs> boat that we used to take throughout the exumuses and and we copied the inside of the bathroom in his bathroom. So it's literally done like a beautiful, you know, beautiful right. yacht inside right. of it. So I never understood that. So there was complaints about a room with an attached only that person's bathroom. And that was the complaint about it. That this, this upsets me greatly. <laughs> Very yes. upset by this. What is your favorite room in Bluestone Manor? Cause it's, I the mean, it's so cl- this it's- is my, and I'm going to show you the light. This Please. room has the most beautiful light in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. stunning. I wow. mean, it, it just is. My favorite, favorite room. So and this is the room with the, the fireplace for you. 
Yes, so it's it gorgeous. Just, I sit in this room a lot and I do my work and I read and I sit in the morning and have my coffee. It's just, a, it's just, you know what's beautiful about Bluestone Manor? It's a real home, even though it's sort of got many spaces and places and it's on 18 acres. It's a real home. Like it's kind of to me a very living and breathing. And then there's also this guy, which you guys know very well. Oh God, love it. <laughs> I, I Who, want, I want been, to be in that room. Who's been staying up there with you? Like, in COVID and stuff. Um, see, the light just changed again. You could see it, couldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. See how the colors change? It's great light lighting changes. on you too, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. um, well, I've had all kinds of, well, my parents lived down the road. And then, of course, Hannah has stayed with me. And then my very good dear friend, Greg Calejo, kind of came my, became my COVID buddy. And then my friends, you know, we kind of had a COVID pod of people. Yeah. Absolutely. I think we all had to do that at some yeah. point. We had to mm-hmm. just... You know, we, it was sort of me, Hannah and Greg, and of course my parents down the road and then my, my brothers and sisters would come and visit. But for a while there, we all were just so petrified, right? Yeah. Hunkered down, hunkered down. And then I think around June, we sort of got our COVID pod and then you would have people that you really felt comfortable with. And it was so funny because there was definitely a period, I don't know if it happened to you, but like, you would be like, that person's a COVID liar. I saw about the other night. Literally all the time. We'd have side conversations. You know, there'd be a group text and then you're on the side. Like, no way. I don't want to say anything. I think so-and-so's a COVID liar. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. There was a lot of lying going on. And it was so easy to just say like, oh, I don't feel comfortable. I'm just going to stay at my house. Yeah. Now now that things begin to open up again. People (laughs) that were not being isolated, but we're still getting laid. I'm like, we can't get COVID through the vagina. I mean, when did that happen? Yeah. That's definitely why I did not Isn't that the easiest receptacle? (laughs) I mean, if there's a mask here, but we're not putting a mask on there. We should, we should put masks down there. (laughs) It's a condom. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, well, it's very interesting you say that too with like COVID because something that you mentioned and that's something that your mom did too was like, no matter what's happening in our lives, we always come back to the dinner table, right? So were you still with your pod doing these dinner, like these dinner parties with each other? What was like the last big thing that you did that? So much that, you know, it was funny about, about four months into COVID. I mean, we were like, it, we were like Jesus Christ in the last dinner. I was cooking up a storm. We were drinking. We were the New York Times recipe, every recipe I was making, Love you know, that. it was like the last days of the great earth. Right. 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 Enjoying yeah. it. Enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. And then one day, and then one day I got this call seriously. Hi, this is our uh, station Mullen from Nutrisystem. And we just would really love to offer you a, we've been watching your TikToks and things and we enjoy your Instagram so much. And we would love to partner with you for Nutrisystem. And have you been ambassador? And I'm thinking, huh? So I said, the New York Times I, dinners I, were out the I table. Said, I am both um, honored and horrified. Yeah. <laughs> it's a complicit, right? It's like that compliment <laughs> insult of like, you want to pay me? That's but great. But also what? why? <laughs> I lost 16 pounds on it. Awesome. I was fat. <laughs> I mean, I disagree because I'm look like when I look at your book cover, I'm like, okay. I was literally thinking like, okay, none of us had a great COVID, but you like, are you serious? <laughs> like you look stunning oh, no, on no. your cover. This was, this I think was done in uh, like November. 
So mm. I'd already been on okay. the system for a while because I, because what happened was we didn't have any, the great thing about New York. I mean, I dress in New York neat, tight and like to, to the point. So if something doesn't fit, I do not eat. I'm like, we're done. Right. But in, in Great Barrington, I had on sweats. I was dressing very hippie, both he means chic, you know, right. flip flops, right. you know, the, I had no idea what my waistline was doing. The thought of putting on a pair of jeans was horrifying. Do you remember the first time you put on a pair of jeans since the whole COVID things? Uh, I, I still, they I still don't fit the same way. I threw them away. Yeah. <laughs> wait a second. Why is it restricted in this triangular area so much? I'm thinking, wait, these are high waisted. It's supposed to help hide things. And yet here we are with a muffin top. So, <laughs> but you also talked about in the book, like you, you had some, um, struggles with an eating disorder and kind of, I feel like that Uh, stuff always kind of comes back in waves a little bit too. Well, you know what? I think that a lot of young girls suffer from it. I think probably more than we think. We Hannah and I were talking about it the other day. She goes, do you think a lot of people suffer from body dysmorphia? I guess that's the new word. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, at some level, all, not all of us, but a lot of us women, are constantly checking ourselves visually, our weight, our look, I and mean, more so than ever with this Instagram and Facetune. And yep. So I think you know. I think if you um, yeah. And I was very competitive growing up, and you know, part of being striving for whatever I thought was perfection was being thin to win. You know what you I associated being thin, and you better remember too. Back then, it was a very different visual for me. We had people like. Uh, Cheryl Teagues, who, you know, that wore the triangle bikini with her hip bones out. I mean, that was yep. the look. We had Van du Soleil for the Satchel Pay woman. I was like, oh, my God, I want to look like the Van du Soleil woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. our visuals were different. It was a completely flat ass. God forbid you had anything on your ass. Right, that was right. the look. Right. Oh, yeah. Like stick thin. Like I can think of like yes. with a Gidget. And very like, fair I think, yeah. very yes. small boobs, you know, triangle. I used to love to wear a crochet triangle top and my wide, wide leg jeans with a high top and pockets. I thought I was so it. I, that's you know? literally the outfit I pictured when you were talking about your college days and you were saying like, oh, I, you know, I, I went a little bit more eclectic and I started like, you know, dressing like different with different scarves. And I thought, I bet she's like in a crochet top with high jeans. Like I, I just pictured that completely. And clogs, lots yes. of clogs. Yes. And Dr. Scholl's. I was a big Dr. Scholl's collector. I mean, I can literally picture it. And it's like very interesting what you were saying too about like growing up and, you know, kind of having to keep up. And so something that you said, your, your mom had actually said too, was like, Hey, if you want to swim with the sharks, you have to be a shark, you know, something yeah. along those lines, which is like very much, I feel like well, today. No, if you want to swim with the sharks, you have to go to the ocean. I mean, yes. my mother was very much you know, I remember my mother, I used to waitress my whole life away. I mean, I was like, you know, the head person at Friendly's Ice Cream. And I just was a great waitress. And I swear to God, if I would say anything to a young person, waitress or waiter, because it teaches you such great social skills that by the time I did my first interview, I was interviewing them because I was so used to, where are you from? So I see, oh my God, what are you doing here in the Berkshires? Well, tonight, I remember one person and I would always memorize the whole menu and never, my claim to fame and waitressing is I never carried a pad. So I memorized, I remember oh, one day this guy said to me, are you going to remember this order? I was like, honey, <laughs> I'll show you. Yeah. Everything you have said, sir, I have remembered what I, you know, that was my, I wrote down detail after detail when I was waitressing. I was like, no cheese. Okay. Hold on one second. No, like every detail. Cause I was like, I'm so scared. I'll forget. When I saw those waitresses writing down so much, I'm like, I just don't have it. 
I, I would know, love to see you in your heyday at the Red Lion Inn. Like, I feel like I, if you well, came up to my table, I'd be like, yes. I was a very good waitress. And, and my, you know, I really was the type of person that wanted to always be the best. So I used to, it's so terrible. You have a competitive I, spirit. You have a competitive spirit. I used spirit. to figure out who all the single mothers were at the beginning of the shift at about 1030 at night, 10 o'clock when I knew their babysitters were going home at 11. I'd say, you know, you can go home and I'll take over your table and you just need to split the tip. How terrible is that? Now, would you really split the tip? Probably. 75, 25. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and then I, this was like one of the most interesting things in the book, how you were, you know, living in New York, working, you get this bonus and then you spend all your money in one night at a bar, providing for others, being generous. <laughs> I need to know more about that. Yeah. What was Being this bar called? <laughs> yeah. Being a big shot because you know what? I got, I was like, you know, New York was so fun back then. And it was really all, all stockbrokers. And, you know, you got to remember too, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have any form of communication other than your tape recorder, your memory yep. tape recorder and making, and, and basically, um, happy hours. I mean, your life was one big, where's the happy hours? Who's going to be at what happy hour? So, you know, you would, you know, there was no, uh, there was no recording of anything. So you could do whatever you want. And on Monday morning, you were just back to being that person. No one knew anything about your life. Right? Yeah. Right. There's no stories that somebody else no took. And you're like, when did that so happen? <laughs> when you were out of work, you were out of work. You could just, you know, and we used to all make plans. What happy hours, coconut grill, you know, Trader Vicks. There was always sort of certain, uh, there was even a hierarchy in the sort of happy hours that if you were the VIP, you weren't going to the Regency hours. Hotel yet. No, <laughs> was, a big one for me was Trader Vicks, which I loved. Uh-huh. I, you don't even know about it, right? And um, I would love Dorian's, to believe it or not. <laughs> um, and then a great place to go to at night was the Surf Club. It was so much fun. It was up in the '90s, and it was just this incredible place filled with poorly behaved stockbrokers. <laughs> I can imagine. They just put their car down. (laughs) And people that just lived, you know, lived. I just thought it was great. It just felt very glamorous. They'd be at the racket club for a cocktail party and late night at the surf club. So you would go there. And I somehow became friends with Tiger, who was the doorman to the VIP. And I got myself in the VIP. Okay. All right. So that was step one. So I'm right. like, okay, I'm in, I'm in that. I got into surf clubs. So I'm in. Now I got into the inner circle. Now I got it. Now I got to become a big shot. Yeah. So I don't know. I got this bonus for $2,500. And I was like, I was like, Tiger, guess what? I got a bonus. And I was like, guess what? I guess what I'm going to do. And it just came out. I'm going to buy drinks for everyone. And I kind of said it, but, but all I know is I was like the most popular person. I became like iconic, but literally I woke up the next morning. I'm like, what have I done? I can't pay my Mellon bank card. Like I can't fucking pay my rent. Right. Oh my so I God. had to, it was really one of those learned. And it was so funny because my parents did not skip a beat. There was no yelling. There was no nothing. My father sent me a, a bus ticket. <laughs> I would have died. I just would have died. He's like, no problem. Yeah. So we'll send you a bus ticket. Or and then, then he- was no, no. See, okay. We'll see you next week. Click. You went from iconic and then you like, you went out on top, right? You disappeared and people were just like, who was that? Amazing. And then you're like, I'll come back in one year. <laughs> we had one great night. But boy, oh boy, I saved everybody. But it was such a great thing because during that year, I really thought a lot about, you know, 
what I was your COVID year. And I actually went back richer than I did after college because all I did. And, you know, when I went back home to live, my mother didn't even let me go out. Like I waitressed the game and went to bed. Right. There was no going out. Yeah. Right. And, you know, there was the haze of being a fuck up. So I was like, you know, no problem. You're going to so listen I, to the rules. Totally. You're giving me a roof over my head and I know what we don't have to talk about I it. I already know. Every penny. I think I went back to, you know, New York with something like $15,000, which at that time was a lot of money. Right. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I would take that now, too. You could put that in my bank account. Yeah. <laughs> 15K. Let's take a quick break. I have been using whey products for years now. That's O-U-A-I. And they just have released a new anti-frizz cream. And if you think about it, everyone has frizz. If you have thin, thick hair, you know, wavy, curly, straight, everyone still has a frizz problem. Um, But you guys can check out their new anti-frizz cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. Plus it has heat protection. I'm someone that uses the Dyson. Then I straight iron my hair. So this is definitely helping reduce and repair split ends. It quenches the dry hair with intense hydration. And according to consumer perception studies, 90% of participants agreed with their hair looking less frizzy using this product. Plus their scents are incredible. This is um, a Sydney inspired North Bondi scent. Um, it has like lemon and violet. All of their scents are incredible. Um, I always use their leave-in conditioner. I use their detox shampoo once a week. I also use their hair oil. I am obsessed with Way. Be frizz-free and go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code TJG for 15% off any of their products. That's T-H-E- O-U-A-I.com, promo code TJG, always getting 15% off. Check out Way. Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. Peloton accommodates your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Uh, they have some that are only five minutes long. And I can tell you with Peloton, if I start just, I'll like do a 10 minute class and then I'm like, "Mm, I could do one more 10 minutes. I could do one more 10 minutes and all of a sudden I've done 30 minutes of working out, which always feels great. They have such a variety of classes and so much flexibility. Um, You know, you can move your body in so many different ways. Peloton has a range of class types. So you can do a walking class. Um, Are you really interested in running a marathon, they can help you train for a marathon. They have yoga, meditations, Pilates, hip workout, and you can move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations. I get a weekly update with their guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out so you can jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day. Peloton has everything you need to get where you're going, whether it's um, running outdoors or riding at home or strength training at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get a head start on the summer you with Peloton at onepeloton.com. That's onepeloton.com. The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I recently updated my wardrobe, and I hate spending a fortune on that kind of stuff, especially like summer clothes, because I feel like they like get a lot of wear and tear. Um, 
But I have been using quince for over a year now, and they have such timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Um, They have this European linen. I have their white button downs. They have dresses. They have blouses, shorts, and they're starting at $30. Also, they have these cute um, washable silk tanks. Everything they have is timeless. They even have 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part is Quince's items are priced 50 to 80% off less than similar brands. They partner directly with top factories and Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Um, Cordy and I are simply both obsessed. You guys have to go to their website. You can you can literally update your entire wardrobe for the summer at a very affordable price and really high quality stuff. All their linen is fantastic. I even throw it in the dryer. Um, It just wears super well. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judgy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judgy to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash judgy. Investing can feel super intimidating and people don't know exactly where to start. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. And you really don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just your spare change. Acorn recommends an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals and then automatically invests your money for you. I know I'm someone that is not a finance major and investing seemed really challenging like I didn't know where to start and Acorns has helped me so much. Head over to acorns.com slash judgy to download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Paid non-client endorsement may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to possibly promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash judgy. Investing involves risks, including the loss of principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisor LLC. Acorns is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns. Acorns by Acorn Security, LLC, member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. Underwear drawers are like the wild, wild west of wardrobes. There's no rhyme or reason to them. Anything goes. Um, You've got pairs from three birthdays and two Christmases ago, pairs from five different brands with five different fits. And when you open that drawer every morning, you have no idea what to expect. Now, I felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies and my other pairs have to all go because me undies is all I can reach for. I'm hooked. And honestly, I just feel off if I try to wear anything else. I love them because you can get your classic black and then they also have like super fun, expressive prints. Um, I have these great shamrock ones, you know, when I'm feeling lucky, plus they come in all sizes. They have extra small to four XL guaranteeing a flattering cut for everybody. They also have really great loungewear. Me Undies isn't just about underwear. Um, go to their loungewear section. Super comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies. Um, they even have an activewear collection. It's super soft. Um, 
And it's just unmatched comfort. Me Undies signature fabric is as soft as a warm hug from your favorite sweater. It's breathable, stretchy, and oh so comfy, making it ideal for all day wear. Go to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash TJG. That's meundies.com slash TJG for 20% off plus free shipping. That's me undies comfort from the outside in. I want to talk a little bit more about your London life because this sounds just so glamorous. You had like these amazing apartments. You had these like people reaching out to you for tea. I want to know more about the cashmere business. Would you ever start it again? Hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to open this door because I'm dying of heat. I don't know Please why do. it's so hot in here. Hold on. It's all that good lighting. <laughs> the afternoon sun. Yeah. It really is. I'm sweating here. Um, and Hannah was in the other room, so I shut the door. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. London was very glamorous back then. I can't, there's, there there was, there was nothing like it and there will never be anything like it. Cause you got to remember they were, it was almost. Unless you you did it, these investment banks, we think these men to go up families and Ooh, Dorinda, you just pe- you just London, cut out a little bit. And they would just pay for everything. Wait, oh, start in the hard wire. Yeah. yeah, you just cut out a little bit. So if you don't mind starting over with how amazing London was, because I mean, I'll listen. <laughs> right, I mean, that, that's not exaggerated. London, the, my chapter about London is not exaggerated. Anybody of my girlfriends that were there with me, and I have a, a lot of them that I became close to, it just was a time, it was when investment banking was, was everything. They were courting Americans to come over and open up these offices. And they literally just had huge spent expense accounts. And they just wanted you to stay there. And they and they brought you over as a unit. So basically, most of the people that moved to London, and that was another reason why Ralph and I had to get married, is they wanted the husband-wife team. Mm-hmm. So they knew the husbands would be working 18 hours a day. So they had to make sure the wives had this happy investment banker like. So, you know, I went over there as a girl that really, I mean, my best dress in my car. I mean, I think I had one on Taylor Taylor dress and I was like barely wore it because it was like the. That was your going out your nice dress. And it was like (laughs) instant growing up. You know, they paid for everything. They paid for your. And it was just interesting. That's why I think it was interesting that you even like what. Did you want to have the cashmere business as just like your own thing to have your own money or was it like a creative outlet? Like, cause it seems like you had it all and you didn't need this, this money. You know what I mean? Well, it wasn't about them. I just always yeah. have been a creative and I like, I don't do well. idle. like, I'm just, I'm best when I'm busy. I'm not good when I'm, uh, when I, uh, when I, I am, I'm, truly I'm the hand. same way. You I'm love a routine. Yeah. I love a routine. I love a project. And, you know, my husband was working 14, 15 hours a day and I was living in London and I, there were no cell phones to call your mom. There was no nothing. And I didn't ever really travel growing up. So I really knew no one. Right. So I had to figure out a way to sort of keep myself occupied. And I just, I love the fashion in London, but I saw this niche because on the weekends we would fly, we'd go to Scotland and we'd spend the weekends. And I started you know, I, I was one of these kids that loved going to factories. I remember once my parents brought me to the Crayola Crown Factory, and I was just so I'm very fascinated by the back kitchen. Like, how, did, so how does it all tour- work? <laughs> yeah, how does it all work? And uh, I started touring the the uh, beautiful mills of 
back then when you would go buy cashmere in Scotland, you'd actually go to the mill and then they'd have a shop mm-hmm. and you could go and look at the mill where the, the stuff was being made. And I just started to think, God, there's just such dull cashmere. It's either the crew neck or the V-neck yep. or the twin set. Like, how can we sexy this this up? Right, right. And that's where it came. I, I was, I'm not going to lie to you. I was the first one to do the extended sleeve with the armhole for it. And I showed the Ralph Lauren guy at that. Amazing. That's and, awesome. I and mean, then I loved how you talked about how you were selling, like you were almost doing like the original like Tupperware party, but it was like with expensive cashmere, you know? <laughs> I was doing the original Tupperware party and it became a really great way to meet people right. because yeah. back then they would, you know, girl, women would do, they would have in these beautiful homes, they, all these wealthy women would have little hobbies and one would be selling jewelry and another would be selling back then, which was cutting as pashminas. Like right. these pashminas from Nepal, you know, if you had a pashmina, yeah. you were everything. You were right. really grown up, especially if you had a white one. You know what I mean? Oh. I could never get the pashmina right in London. First, I got the typical navy one. And this woman said to me, oh, God. <laughs> Navy's out. <laughs> they completely die. They, they, if you're going to get a pashmina, you have to get a light one. So then, of course, the next time I went to the pashmina thing, it was twice a year at, um, it was so bizarre it would be twice a year at Cadogan Hotel and you had to get an invite from Luigi oh, like a who pass. came from from uh you know the coast of Italy uh and or you could go and fly to the coast of Italy to, to see him to get one so you would get this vetted invitation to go spend back then a thousand pounds on a scarf you gotta remember that's that's insane five seven years ago yeah so then I got the pale pink one and I thought, and the girl, we had this room like, and then of course, Lady McTaggart shows up with a white one. I'm like, what the fuck? There's a white one? <laughs> like, can oh, you tell God. me what color we're buying before we go to these things? I don't <laughs> oh, want to wait another God. season. <laughs> I'm like, there's a white one. Oh, man. <laughs> well, can like, we talk about your biggest, your biggest cashmere client? Because you, I feel like you're, you're so like humble in a sense where you just like casually drop these names where you're like, yes, yeah, so my biggest client was like Princess Diana. Like no big deal. She started buying cashmere. I'm like, um, excuse me, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was true. How did that come I about? Had some good I had her and you know how I, you know how I got her is because Sophie, who's now married to Prince Edward, used to live in my neighborhood. So, um, in the Boltons, was this in the, when you were in the, yeah, Boltons? In the but it was actually Colburn court at the time. And there was a woman there called princess Demetra La Lunas who wrote her family owned a jewelry thing. We would all sit in the square. Cause you know, London's very big on squares. Yeah. On mm-hmm, square. mm-hmm. Do you have a key to the square? So I just met all these people and I really was always, even back then working it. And I just slowly developed this very inner circle of women. It was like the Harry's bar or the sort of, you know, the Annabelle's of cashmere. So mm-hmm. I would literally be what I was, I'll tell you a weird thing. I was watching, do you ever watch, um, uh, British TV? You ever watch Brit Box? Like, hor- no. like horrible, horrible trash television from, well, there's a, there's a famous woman on it that goes and tours estates of London, the famous country houses of London. So I'm watching it one afternoon because I love the way they run their homes in Britain. It's so different than they do. And I kind of like in Bluestone Manor to trying to run it like that. Like you could be at a dinner party by night, but in the morning you're going to the chicken coop to get out your chickens. It's very Harry and Meghan and and Montecito, I feel right now. They took over to the chicken Renaissance, Renaissance. (laughs) So this woman, lady so-and-so, is at some court in upstate, outside of England and in the countryside. And she walks out Lady Kitty or something. And she's got my cardigan on. Oh, <laughs> from like literally I'm 20 years ago. Thinking, is 
that my okay? Because I I had a cardigan that I loved. I would have it was one color base, but I you could choose all the different color buttons, so it became yeah. yours. Yeah. yeah. What are the odds? And what that was like, odds? but that was like that cardigan's like twenty years old, right? Twenty five. But it was cashmere. It was Scottish right. cashmere. Scottish cashmere never ages. Right. But that's just so crazy because you're like, I've been out of the business for so long, and just to see yeah. it pop up like on a random episode and, you're you watching. Know, I was lucky that I had, you know, I hate to, you know, I hate to talk about because she's dead and it just sounds so tacky and stuff. But I, you know, when I, it was a funny thing because people always thought I looked like her. I was oh, say, we, would, they, we, would they get you? We've confused. done that comparison before. And yeah. I, I had a famous lunch. It was a Louis Vuitton lunch in Hyde Park. I'll never forget it. And I was wearing a melon jacket. And she uh, walked in and had a melon Louis Vuitton jacket on. <laughs> and 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 she she leaned over to me. She said, and she said, um, finally, I meet my doppelganger. Okay, my my life ends at that point. I'm like, okay, I can die happy now. Then you're it like, I'm great. still gonna go live three other lives she, here. You know what's so funny? Because there wasn't so much social media, she was around. I mean, she was always at the Harbor Club working out. She walked her kids a lot of places. I mean, listen, she was iconic and you knew it at the time, but you would see her. She was very pedestrian that way. Right. I love that. I mean, then on the opposite side too of your life in London is like when you're talking about your derobics and you're like, and this guy was just so nice to me. And then it turned out to be the Wandsworth. The Wandsworth like, what? <laughs> that's, like, when, that's when Ralph was like enough. I mean, Ralph thought I was crazy anyway, you know, doing this. Yeah. Things. Like, I don't get it. You know what I mean? But I found such joy in the fact that I, again, figured, figured out a niche that no one, you know, in England for all these people that didn't have the opportunity and they would literally like do the aerobics and I'd take a 10 minute break and they'd smoke cigarettes. Amazing. I love Amazing. It. That to me is like very British. Like, yes. I feel like that. It's just so much. I mean, it's, but it's just so crazy to me that it was like, you know, I love how much of a go-getter you are. And I think, honestly, I feel like this is very much of a housewife's trade is these independent women who have these lives. They can be married, whatever. But they're like, no, I'm making a life for myself. You know, something you said, too, is like, you always should know where the money comes from, where the money's going. Like, you were very involved, which. Oh, my ever- mother said you follow. But when I got married, my mother said, you, you, you always write the checks in the house because if you follow the money, you follow the man. Love that. Love that. Well, and this season of Beverly Hills is very much struggling with this like power dynamic of knowing who, what, where the money's coming from and all this. And I just, when I was reading your book, I was like, Dorinda would never, she would never. Well, you know, what's so funny is after Richard passed, I was in, um, I was, my, was in a pro, my lawyers were prosecutor because they do all the estates and stuff. And I was sitting with one of my lawyers, Henry, and he said, and I'd come in with six shoe boxes of, of all, yeah. right. And you knew it all. Out. You had it he all. Said, he said, you know, and I had to file. because, like, I love a good filing cabinet to this day. I know people put everything on their computers, but I love a filing Yeah, cabinet. a physical. Get off on yeah. a filing cabinet. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, my God, that's good looking, their filing cabinet. Because you never get, it never gets lost. It never gets misplaced. You don't have that moment of what file is it in? Right. Well, and and what's the password to this? Files, they always let me down, the ones you put on your computer. Yeah. So I'm, not, I'm not a techie. And, yeah. Well. So Henry said to me, do you know how many women, wealthy women, educated women sit in front of me after their husbands die? They don't even know where the will is or if they have a will. Right. You know, another thing I did with Richard, we got married. I was like, okay, let's start a lifestyle. Let's see your will. We need to change your will. (laughs) And I remember Richard said, well, that's, I said, well, and thank God, do you know, do you know how many women, how many husbands or wives died? 
first of all, very few white women have wills, which I find mm-hmm. astounding. Like right. men have wills, but a lot of times women don't, or they'll get a will because of their husband. A lot of independent women die without wills. Very right. famous people. Mm-hmm. But I think that what is what is amazing is that she said, I cannot tell you how many women sit here, probably 75%, and they have no idea about their finances. They don't even know where the checkbook is. Yeah. How can that be? No, that's scary. I don't have any money, so I'm fine. So when but when it comes <laughs> to the story now, Beverly Hills, I, I think you don't know because a lot of women mm-hmm. just don't know. And that's yep. why a lot of times they don't do well in divorces. They don't do well in things because knowledge for a woman is power. Completely, completely. Um, You were mentioning Richard. So something that I've noticed too, that's like, I think it's really great is I hear through the grapevine or we get DMs about people who've reached out to you and just been like, you're in this similar situation. You mentioned in the book that you like, you will return every person's message, every person's email. It talks about this. And I thought one of my favorite things, I mean, obviously you're iconic on Housewives, but one of my favorite storylines was you and Carol talking about being widows and, you know, having going on the um, trip. Yeah, going on that trip and everything. And so many people can relate to that. I think it's a really relatable story. Well, For I, you, I think it's, yeah, go I ahead. Think it's no, different go ahead. too because we were young widows. Yeah, 46. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's such a bad word. There should be a new word because widow doesn't fit someone that's in their 40s, 50s. I just yeah. think it's an old person's. Yeah. Do you Word. do you find it difficult kind of to be this spokesperson for for widows or is it something that you find solace in with like being able to have a community around you or is it not even something that you really think I about? would like to can I tell you something I would love to do something where I just talk I there's a woman that I'm actually was just talking to the other day she actually was someone sent me something from Reddit it was so nice I want to I'm going to read it to you it was the okay. nicest thing that it made me cry because oh, I, love that. I mean, I think you could do your own as Carol had her what what remains book. Like, I think you could write an entire book about about that because well, and you know even what? if I were to write a book about it, you know what I would do? I would do like death for dummies. I know that sounds like a terrible. T- it's not. No, <laughs> but, but it's needed. Because I don't think I, I don't think people realize like you. Yeah, he didn't want to share. He didn't want to share that he was sick. So that's like an extra layer. Yeah. Well, no, like, too. I think that people don't know. People, I, I had no idea. Like, you think it's like the movies where people die, you're allowed to go and lay in bed and, you know, people are all around you and going to take, and there's no bills to pay. Literally, someone dies on a Tuesday, Wednesday morning, life goes on. People are like, I, which are, you know, your gas bills do, your American Express does do. What do you want him to wear? You're not allowed to use his checking account anymore. You've got to submit your stuff. You've got to put every, you know, it's, it's, and no one tells you this. Right. I, I mean, I think that'd the be IRS great. immediately. You have to inform every bank. You're not allowed. You've got to turn off their phone number. I mean, it's like there should Please be. Please write this. I, there, yeah. there really should, because I always think, too, like I've been lucky that, you know, it's only been grandparents so far and like maybe like a dog. But I'm like, I think like anybody in my immediate, I'm like, I literally don't know what I would do. I don't know what I you do. Don't. I don't know what I would yeah. like, where my first step would be, but would love to and hear. And everybody you. wants to say they want to help you. But the truth is. They can't, you really need advisors. Mm -hmm. And I would say to everyone, like, have your estate set up. Talk about it to your children. Let them know where all your stuff is. I mean, I I didn't even know Richard had a storage area up and still up in Connecticut. Oh my, and you found out when you went yeah. to the lawyers and everything? That's well, I found lot. out when I went to the, would, would, I just somehow discovered pages. Like, I think he has something. I'm like, oh my God. You know, it, it didn't end up being big stuff, but like know where everything is. Yeah. And I'm always saying to Hannah, this is where this is. This is where that is. You know, and I, I have an envelope for her that 
my brother is the executor, that if I pass, it gets handed to her and all the people do all the work. You know what I'm saying? And they right. can let her know. But look at what someone wrote me the other day. This is when you know it's worth it. I'm going to show you. You mind if I read it to you? Yeah, no, no, no we please. Okay. Um, if I can find it. Here we go. It was, oh, it, I guess someone sent me this from, oh, sorry, dude. That's my one. It says, I guess it was in Reddit. I don't know what that is. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. Okay. Reddit. Yep. Mm-hmm. It said, this is a standard Dorinda appreciation post, but nonetheless, I felt the need to post it. I lost my father to cancer in 9-11-19, my best friend, my safety, my everything. I related a lot to Dorinda over grief and loss and how it make you behave in ways you never thought possible. I paid for a Zoom call with Dorinda. I know this girl. Crazy, I know, but it was worth it. She talked to me way past my allotted time and gave me some encouragement that I needed. I then moving from Virginia to Austin, Texas, and while I'm scared to uproot my life, Dorinda told me I'm brave. Yes, she said bad thing, but by God, the woman is human like all of us. I miss her in the hospital, so I think it's time for a blah, blah, blah. But that like, made me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you really help somebody by giving, you know, 20 minutes of your day, right? And it's- yeah. They needed it. So yes, I don't mind talking about it all. In fact, I would love, I love when people talk about it because death is a dirty word. Mm-hmm. I remember when someone asked me one day, I was walking down Park Avenue, you know, I just was so sick of it because Richard was so sort of infamous in his own way and very popular. How are you doing? And I remember saying to the Lord, do you really want to know? Yeah. You're like, what not you well, think? bitch. Or are you doing platitudes? <laughs> because yeah. I, I'm tired of that. Like, if you really want to know, we're going to have to go sit somewhere because yeah. it ain't pretty. Right. Yeah. You like, know what did you, if you say like horrible, she's like, okay, we'll have a great rest of your day. Yeah. You're like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's so not people don't really want to talk about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, well, I and then that's great. you kind of met John pretty quickly after. Yeah. And I feel like maybe that was like, you know, kind of escape, have fun, enjoy, do some different things. Like, and I knew John beforehand. So it right. wasn't like, you know, and I just saw John the other night for dinner for his birthday. So I don't get rid of people in my life. I was just going to, I literally was going to ask, when's the last time he sat at your table? Because you always said, you always have to have a place at my table. I just, it was his birthday and I, we went and had dinner with his parents, strangely. And I just don't get rid of, like, if you knew my life, like I still have friends from 20, 30 years ago. I don't, I don't have a lot of friends. Where's that guy? What what was his name? Billy? Billy. Yes, Billy from college. Yeah, where's Billy? Oh, your first guy. I reached out to him. That's actually not his real name. I disguised it for oh, safety purposes. Right, right. For the best. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I, I reached out to him and said, listen, I just want to give you the head. It was really a funny story. I said, listen, I want to reach out to you and let you know I'm writing about you. And um, just to give you a heads up that, you know, so your wife knows. He goes, oh, believe me, my wife knows. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Who are you dating? Are you dating anyone right now? I'm trying. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, it's And I'm so busy. You know, I'm doing the book. I'm doing, I just, I'm launching a bourbon, Bluestone Man of Bourbon, like a speaker. I'm doing a candle. I'm doing this thing with Airbnb. I'm, you know, there's just, there's like a couple huge things I'm doing. I'm doing the Nutra system and I'm trying to like, you know, just get, get my apartment done in New York and I'm doing a big project you know, coming up sort of in the fall. And I just, there's just so many things. I feel like it's the moment after COVID we're all sort of like socially trying to get back into the rhythm. Totally. Yes. You know, it's I always hard. tell people I have 30 minutes from you. Cause that's what I'm used to at work. Right. Like I have a 30 minute meeting. And I'm like, what do I do after 30 minutes? Like, what, you know? Well, you know, the, about two weeks ago I was in New York and I went out three nights in a row. And by the third day I was like, I'm done. Yeah. Like, I'm not that interesting anymore like i don't have anything to say to anybody my life is you know because i've you just told us about out. 12 products that you're like things that like projects that you're doing no, what do you mean you have nothing to talk to about like, i said to my friend greg i'm like i think i'm a bore like i i i sat there and i i'm not interesting i'm certainly not funny anymore I, you know, I just want to go to bed it's i've been eating at six o'clock every night and now it's night i mean one night i was at 9 30 i'm like i gotta get home it's getting late like the clock is ticking here oh. it's like you're like before COVID, you're like i wouldn't yeah like i wouldn't go home before like it was double digit you know before midnight like I that's said, crazy Imagine some asshole wrote to me and said, I booked Indochine at nine. What is wrong with these <laughs> Nobody people? eats dinner at nine anymore. It's 6 p.m. or bust. Like that's me for drinks at 830. Then we'll go to, I mean, what you're like, that's, that was, no, that wasn't smart. <laughs> that's ancient history. That's like right. what you would read about that Neanderthals do. It, no, it le- it just leads to trouble. That's what it leads to. <laughs> And I'm thinking nine o'clock in industry. So not only am I going to eat late, but I've got to start the journey late. Like, no, we're eating right. at six 30. I need right. time to digest. Yeah, totally. And then, I mean, I was going to ask too, like what, if you're going to Indochina at like nine, like what time are you taking your nap that day? Well, I take my nap every single day at the same time. Like at you're the in same the middle time. of my, you're in the middle of my nap. I was like going to ask if you take it in today. Oh my gosh. I feel like we're no, going to throw off your whole day. Right after this. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> or if I don't, you can ask Hannah. I'm Poor Hannah's like, if she doesn't take a nap, I'm, I'm just a bitch. I just need to go to sleep at like eight. I feel very similar at the end of the day. I'm like, I need 20 minutes. Yeah. How how long is the nap? How long is the nap? 45 minutes. It's okay. very basic. Yeah. And do you it's wake up from an alarm? At four o'clock, I, Hannah's like, it's almost like the call to like would answer something. She's wherever my mother is at four o'clock, she's going home. She's like, we're done now. We can be in the middle of a purchase. <laughs> we can be in the middle of a lunch, a middle of a project. She just, that's it. She's in an Uber. I get home. I take my clothes off. I put on my, because I never wear city clothes in my house yeah that's okay i I understand that yeah i put on my my cozy clothes i get in bed and i sleep till five i turn on dr phil who i'm madly in love with (laughs) and (laughs) 
<laughs> oh gosh, he's married. I don't okay. Care. I no, I was trying to think of like There's I'm like two maybe that. I love Dr. Phil and Sir David Attenborough. Love them both. Okay. And I sleep and then I don't even put an alarm and at about five to five I start waking up and I give my face a good splash and I start the day again. That sounds lovely. Do a little Literally. wash under the arms, under mm-hmm. the arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And, oft- and then I'm good to go again. I love that. I love that. Um, so I know we have like limited time. I'm sure this is like crazy book tour of everything, but we had some fast questions we wanted to ask. So just kind of like the first thing that, that comes up is like, where do you see yourself in five years? Bluestone Manor. <laughs> okay. Take us with you. Do you see yourself married? I see myself partnered. Okay. I love that. What's a typical day in the Berkshires for you? Typical day in the Berkshires is I wake up very early. I walk my property every morning and think. I then have my coffee and I usually, um, I always try to say my prayers to start my day. And I don't mean prayers by like some holy religious, just sort of like gratitude. And I really do. Some people meditate, some people this, and then I stretch for about 25 minutes and then I start my day. I really don't start like the aggressive part of my day till about eight o'clock. I just give myself that two I love hours. That. I wake up at eight. <laughs> <laughs> but I really try to like, you know, like Parsley's here, my piano's dog. I play with the dog. I try to, I'm so aware of this house and this property. And I know one day either I'll not be here or I'll not own it. That I want to really look back and say, I enjoyed every minute. I mean, I hope I own it forever, but you never know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, well, and it's a big house. It's a pool. lot of house. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot of house. And I love it. And I don't know if Hannah's going to want to keep it. I hope she does. But, you know, like, it's a lot for a person. Is, is, she could turn it I, into a museum. If not, yeah. I feel like people, I would pay admission often. <laughs> is Hannah dating anyone? I can't talk about Hannah. Okay. Okay. Well, what's the last thing you and Hannah did together? The last thing that Hannah and I did together was last night fall asleep together. Oh, that's so love, cute. What are you that. currently watching on TV? Um, I'm telling you when I'm watching the white Lotus. Oh yeah. Did you watch last night's already? It's incredible. Last night. I, I that last scene, it really made, got me. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I need it's, to catch it's up. It's so good. Okay. It's so good. And the best movie that I've watched that everybody should watch that I've now watched three times. Oh. And it, 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 I, I just watch and see something new and just, it, it, it oh, is the, um, a little chaos. Oh, oh with Kate Winslet. Yes, it's oh, on. Okay. Net, it just came out on Netflix. My mom was it's, watching it yesterday. It's so okay. beautiful, and it's such a tribute to women, and it's such a thing that I always, I always say about women: we are our own worst enemies when we come to each other. We all are high, low, black, white, yellow, green, rich, poor. We're all going through it, and if we just stopped and acknowledged that before we were fearful of each other and there's this beautiful moment in the movie where she thinks she's not part of courts and she meets the women and then the women go in a private room and she realizes that they're all just women one woman says to me i lost my son and my husband i'm barely here and it's like it you'll cry it's kate winslet is i love her spectacular in it did you watch mayor of east town spectacular yeah, that was she's, amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. What's your go-to like coffee order? I've been drinking the same coffee for one hundred and fifty thousand years, <laughs> and I will drink it forever. I have three quarters cup coffee, one quarter cup whole milk, and three sugars. Three sugars every, wow. every morning. Are you a one cup a day, or you do you do multiple cups a day? Two cups, and then I'm done. 
Love that. Um, one when I first wake up and I'm leisure and one after I stretch. Nice. And then we're done. And then I, I usually, but I first thing I do when I get out of bed is drink a ton of, a big thing of warm water with lemon. I've always done that my whole That's life. That's what I have right now. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Got you have to drink water. it warm, never cold. Okay, fine. I'll heat it up after this then. <laughs> don't, don't drink cold water. It's not good for women. It's good to, that's the myth. Okay. <laughs> Who's the most famous person in your phone? The most famous person in my phone. I don't want to say like a pop star person. I would say Rihanna is Rihanna. You know, I was like, is it Rihanna? <laughs> or I feel like he's like Buckingham Palace on speed dial. Like, <laughs> You know what? I don't. I mean, I I have famous people in my phone, but who? I think the better question is, you know, who I really. That's a good question. Okay, or who's me. the most famous name person a few, you've name recently a few. texted? Yeah, name a few. It doesn't have to be one. You could just scroll through right now and tell us. We're totally fine oh, with that. Let me just give it to him. I would say that Andy Cohen's famous favorite. Oh, okay, okay. We'll take we'll take that. What's Len up to today? Like where Len is, she is here? I she is in her office. Len, literally, uh, there could be a whole. If you ever need to find Len, she calls it her office. She's in the back ironing. That girl can iron anything. I don't know where I have a linen closet. That's like no other. That thing is so sharp. I have to be careful when I take a sheet out. It'll cut my finger. I mean, she's on top of things. Never in your life going to be an ironer like Len. She iron. She will iron everything. She would iron your hair if she was in front of you right now. I used to do that it. before curling our, before straighteners. I would. Do she that. she and I'm always like Len. You don't need to iron my thong. She's like, no, Misty. <laughs> it is very important for folding. I'm like, all right. Well, I mean, I was wondering if you still got like free dry cleaning from Madame Paulette because I know you used to take your underwear there too. So now it's Len I, ironing. <laughs> I miss that. I miss. I, I miss that as much as I miss John. <laughs> The perks that come with it. I mean, how could you not? Like now it's like you have to take it in and just be so much easier dropping it off. I literally was like, maybe I should just have a one night little sling with them just to get a couple things done. <laughs> I'm like, by the way, before we sleep together, could you just deliver these? I have ones? a few dresses. <laughs> oh God. I'd love that. Okay. Where, like we know Princess Diana is very much your doppelganger, but if you were going to have someone play, play you in a movie, who would it be? Sarah Paulson. Oh, love, love her. That. I love, love her. Um, what's your favorite? I think she or- would do a great Dorinda Medley. Oh, for I'd sure. And she's it. like a fan too. So I feel like she'd really dedicate her time. Yeah, she'd be a great Dorinda Medley. <laughs> what's your craziest fan encounter? My craziest fan encounter. That's, oh, I have a really crazy fan. <laughs> I was... No, this is going to be scary to you. Oh gosh, is it like the stalker day, again? <laughs> I was I was one day sleeping in my bedroom, and I'm a big window open person, as you can see by my house. Like, yeah, I, I'm, not big, I'm not a big air conditioning person. I love the windows. Luckily, those are locked, everyone. So don't try. And one day, I was laying in my bed, and I'm literally it's like well four thirty, and I hear do in the bathroom. Doing the medley. And it's just me and Len here. And I'm thinking, oh God, it's happening. Like there's someone, there's someone in this house. Like mm-hmm. someone, and I just had arrived from the city. So I was like, oh, I was gonna lay down for 30 minutes. And, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, God, well, maybe it's not. And then I hear doing the medley, please, please. So I go over to my window and I look down, and <laughs> there's a woman outside my bedroom window. 
Okay. <laughs> How old is she? <laughs> 25, 26. Okay. With young. Two, okay. With two huge, like those shopping bags you see in Chinatown with the stripes on and the plastic ones. Uh-huh. And I'm like, so I, I don't want to panic at Len. Sure. So I, I could. <laughs> on your property, someone literally banging on your window yelling, Dorinda. No, no. It was at my bedroom. Oh my she gosh. was throwing rocks on the second floor. So I go down and I'm like, creeping down and I'm like making sure all the, so I go into where Len is, of course. Yeah. <laughs> she's ironing, ironing away. Just, ironing just away. Here in the world. Because we just arrived 10 minutes later. I'm like, fuck the iron. <laughs> She goes, what is it, Miss D? I'm like, there's someone there. There's someone there. She's like, so then you did you just like pretend you were very military? Yeah, she's very military. Like my house is locked up. Like if she knew these were open right now, she would be not be happy. If I come to the door, she comes. She's right behind me, locking it. Okay. So, so I said. Yeah, yeah, but I said, don't say anything. Just like I just called 911 and press the press the panic button and get up. Yeah. So before I know, as I'm waiting for the police to come, because I'm like, she goes upstairs to my window, she opens up the window, she goes, You, what are you doing here? Trespass, trespassing on my property. Oh my god. What happened? Did the person leave? Nope. She evoked her rights. They had, she had to stay long enough until she could, uh, we had to call mental health people and you had to prove that, yeah, it was like a three hour ordeal. Oh my oh, gosh. Wow. So do you think That's she scary. followed you from she the comes, city? Yeah. You know, I never went out there cause they wouldn't let me go out. Mm-hmm. Oh she gosh, was just okay. a very, I, I actually felt sorry for us. One point I said to the police, maybe if I go out and talk to her, he's like, you really can't. Yeah. yeah. Oh my, wow. She just That's... really loved you. It was sad. Yeah. Totally. And you know what she said? The police said to me the next day, because I know the police, because I grew up here. So I said, Tim, whatever happened? She, she said, well, she, they took her to the station. She left. She said, don't worry. I'm just staying in the motel in down the road. I'm sure I'll run into her. I'm like, really? Don't you believe her? <laughs> You're like, no, you need to send her back. But they, they literally, she, you know. Hence oh to say, gosh. I spent another like ten thousand dollars on my security after that. Yeah, literally, like, there's cameras everywhere, and oh my gosh! So uh, your book is called "Make It Nice," but what's outside of that one? Like, what's your most like favorite infamous line that you had copped while while on the show? Not well, bitch. So it, good it is. I often <laughs> literally it. I use it all. Not well, bitch, <laughs> and followed probably shortly by clip. Everybody loves clips, still. Yeah. Okay, I have to be honest, and Mary, keep me like let me know too. I actually didn't know that what the meaning behind clip was. I thought it was just you being funny, like Sonia, like enough. And then when you're like, oh no, it's like you're stopping someone from talking. I'm like, oh, that yes. makes way more sense. I never connected it. I just was like, really, which is so dumb funny. on my part, Mary. Clip, did you like, know that? It. Yeah. Oh now, yeah. Now it makes sense after the fact of like reading it. I'm like, oh yes, duh. It, but I, I, I'll <laughs> never forget how. And I, I can so see hungover. you right I now. I was so hungover in that scene. I wanted to not even come to that scene because I was so, I'd been like somewhere, God knows. You were and out, John, the night before. It was a shampoo was effect. Out. You had like one drink and it was like, I'm back. Yeah, no, I, was I know. I was re-drunk. You yeah. I, I like, I remember talking about this on the podcast. I go, oh no, she had a night out and she had one more drink and it was like, she was. I was like done. And yeah. I you were just like. There. And I was so sick of this whole stuff about the t- I mean I never was interested in tipsy girl I never 
engaged in tip. I never talked to Bethany about Tipsy Girl. Tipsy Girl just wasn't on my radar, you know? Yeah. So it was just, I was just like, okay, enough. we've had enough. Yeah, yeah. enough. Um, and then so what how are you guys enjoying the season this year? We're, we're, mi- we're missing. We're we're what missing some people. This year? I, I one. I think it's hard because it's a COVID season in general. But I don't think that we have. We don't. I, don't think, really I think we're missing. Think you really think it's COVID? That's good for you. Personally, <laughs> I would. Personally, so you expect all of us to be honest on these podcasts? No, 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 no. I think it's a hard season because of COVID. But I don't think we have housewives that are like a diet. Like there's, there's no quotable quotes in this season. I think Beverly Hills. I love it. One of their best seasons. So wait a second. Is there not COVID there? (laughs) (laughs) They have eight though. I think with five, it's very hard. But I think I think we're missing people completely. No, I I think it's very hard in New York City to film in COVID. Yeah. The great thing about Beverly Hills, they're very lucky, and New Jersey is they have space. Mm -hmm. They have big houses. They have outdoors. New York is all about New York. Yeah, I mean it's literally always the extra housewife. And you got to remember the characters too. People like Ramona and me and Lynn, we have people, so it was always the background of people. Mm -hmm. Harry Dubin's the parties, the birthday. I would, I would love to see you unpaused, Um, and I would also (laughs) love to see Tinsley come back. I think, I think there, there's more. um, I'm hoping there's more to come. Yeah, yeah I, well, I, I think we could have had the whole season at Bluestone Manor, to be honest. And I think it would have been 10 times better. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, I think they'll probably, you know, who knows? It was a tough season, but I still, you know, individually, you know, the girls are, it was a hard season for, for Leah to come back to because she just, it's, you know, people think because right. one year, you know what you're doing. It's not, you're barely yeah. there. Remember she felt yeah. for four months and the first month you're just in like, what? And then she has to come back to a second season with me gone, which she, she had a relationship with Tinsley gone and COVID. Yeah. yeah and right. then I think it was a tough season for Ebony to come into during COVID. 100%. I liked what you said in your book too, because you're, you're really honest about like, here's where I was in the first season. Like you said, like, I'm just trying to like get my footing. And then you're like, and then you have that second season glow up. And that's something we always comment on. Like someone realized over the season, you're like, yeah, because you just come in, not even understanding the game, even knowing it is a game. And you have to like, you have to up yourself because you have to kind of keep up now that you're a face. Oh yeah. You gotta gotta up the games. Well, because you watch yourself. You're like, wait a second. Why do I talk with my hands so much? I am, uh, wait, why do I walk like that? Why is, I'm, you know, this needs to be changed. I hate my hair color. I need to lose weight. I hate that top on you. Like, yeah, it's Ramona just, you- taught me a lot of that. Ramona's the expert at that. Every season, Ramona gets 10 years younger. I, mean, I, I think a this Benjamin year a button. Her, yeah, um, I call her Benjamin Button. I call yeah. her, I was the first one to call her that. Yeah, yeah. like literally. Her Kyle Richards gets younger. Um, Land Wendy's too. looking great. Potomac. Although, yeah. you know what? I don't know. I'm, I'm like, toying with the whole plastic surgery thing i just don't know cool. i might do my eyes at some point but it's scary the plastic it, surgery yeah thing. it can go yeah. really i mean far. i think you look wonderful so yes, i think you absolutely. but i also understand that everyone wants to tune up at some point so that's where yes, you feel you, need, you know I, you I, need I to go you gotta be careful because a lot of times when you start that process it, can, it goes from beautiful to bad very fast and we have some people we've seen on screen that that has happened to. Yes. <laughs> we won't name names, but yeah. Well, girls, I think that I'm going to have to go because I'm yes. getting a ring. Okay. Right. Well, I thank you so thank much. You. I think that was fun, no? We, so we had a blast. Go buy Dorinda's book. It comes out Tuesday, August 17th. Before you go, as young yes. girls, do you think you learned some great lessons from the book? 
Absolutely. I I feel like I thought I like loved your honesty and you being like a really like hard worker and like things don't just come to you and you got to like, you got to keep it real and go with the struggle. And then I love that you always find like the silver lining in your darkest moments. Mm -hmm. Well, buy my book anywhere where books are sold. Tuesday, August 17th. Make it nice. Dorinda, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.